Yeah, wins matter, bud. Turns out. Turns intentional out. draws. None of them were IDs. So I guess I can't be too mad. I did make gets fucking like I just kept getting after him. Cause after our match, I was like, fucking get slow playing, fucking me out of a game. And he's like, <laughs> no, but seriously, did, was I was I playing slow? <laughs> no, guys. Yeah, I was like, to... no, dude, you're totally fine. I'm just fucking with you. It's fun to just fuck with you a lot of the time. And then the rest of the fucking day. I kept going back to him and be like, fuck you, Getz. If you didn't slow play, I would have one more fucking win. You're such a piece of shit. <laughs> I like, like Getz. I like Getz a lot. It's just super fun to fuck with. Oh, my God. He's easily, like, one of the nicest people on the planet. He's so easy to fuck with, though. It's so easy. <laughs> I remember we were talking, be like, if you were a better actor, you could be there. <laughs> Did you hear me say Yes. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> He's like, I need to be me. He's like, you need to be a better actor before you're allowed to be. Yeah, so, yeah the person who is a an actual actor in, like, plays and shit <laughs> just can't act mean. I thought it was funny. He's the ginger brute. He is the ginger brute, man. Except for he's not a brute in the slightest. But he's super ginger. Yes, yeah. Not so much brute, extra ginger. Super ginger. He's, like, 5% brute and, like, 95% ginger. <laughs> What is up, you $5 wild slashes? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, 12th place, <laughs> Tyler. And joining me, as always, is 10th place, Matt. Matt, what is going on, my man? Living the embarrassment of riches. Embarrassment of riches? What, the 10th place embarrassment of riches? <laughs> no, the I'm staring at cards, trying to figure shit out. Oh, you're just you're just looking at... At your future, your cardboard yes. future. My you, cardboard future is pretty set. It's your immediate just future is like look eh. at tarot cards. Yeah, like the one that psychics use. That's what you're doing with your future. You just... <laughs> don't flip over the death one, dude. Yeah, don't flip over the death card. There you go. I for, this is the actually the, the fetch and shock tarot card podcast. Yeah, the fucking psychic. I'm assuming you can just like buy those online. Like Amazon probably just has them. Probably. I would be shocked if they didn't. If I cared enough, I would jump on right now and look, but I don't. You but don't I might care like either. They're like, I feel like they're larger than normal cards. Yeah, they're they're not like magic cards. They're like probably like four by six. But if you'd be like three those. by five, it's gonna be hard to find. Just fucking go online. Yeah, you're right. But like, I'm just saying, or if go I could find them in like a witch. reasonable size that fit into a, like a deck box. How cool would it be using like the death terror card for like a poison counter? Baller. You could honestly just cut it down. You probably could. Yeah, scissors do exist. But then you the witches get you. Oh yeah. If you buy what yeah, if you buy terror cards for like not their intended purpose, are you just like cursed for life? Probably. There's like somebody with a voodoo doll out there that every time some like regular schmuck buys a pack of terror cards that are not for their intended purpose. They die. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say they die, they just have they just lead like a miserable life. Nope, instant death. Instant death. The second you get the Amazon package in the mail, you open it up and get hit by a bus. <laughs> Probably. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> that's a good way to, that's just going to be my way to commit insurance fraud. Like Elspeth. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite photos of all time. Austin found this photo. I guess, yeah, we could, we could, we could, I guess, talk about that because that, that was fun. Um, it so, was hilarious. Yeah, our buddy Austin uh, found a photo. And it is the card, um, like Elspeth, like escapes death or something. The new enchantment, but they took out all of the text, and on the top it just says Elspeth commits insurance fraud, and it says die for the first chapter question mark question mark question mark for the second chapter and profit 
<laughs> for the last one for the third one since God, she died and came me. back it's hilarious every time i i saw that because he showed me like multiple times throughout that weekend this last weekend every time he fucking showed me i immediately in my head started playing the always sunny in philadelphia theme song because it's just like that seems like the gang the gang commits insurance fraud yeah like that's what it seems or, like it should be or when mac and charlie are pretending to be dead that's exactly it Oh, no, that is the same episode. Yes. Yeah, that one's fucking hilarious. God damn. That now we're the Fat and Shock Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast. I'm actually cool with that. I fucking love Always Sunny. Yeah, it's a hell of a good show. I go through it, I go through it occasionally and just rewatch it all. I need to go back and just watch, like, early episodes. Like, the Dennis system, I don't think I've ever laughed the hard. Dennis hard. <laughs> <laughs> the best part about that is um, when... Frank is like, yeah, I usually just drop a, a wad of hundreds with a Magnum dong. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I dropped my monster condom for my Magnum dong. <laughs> There's nothing funnier on this oh earth than that. No, Frank is the best character in that show, and it's not close. Undoubtedly correct. God damn. May I offer you an egg in these trying times? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Fucking really. Well, maybe we should start talking about magic at some point. Yeah, I suppose so. Well, I think we could start kick off the magic conversation with uh, a new segment that I came up with, uh, pulled right out of my ass for from last week. Because last week we had a nice hot discussion at the end of our episode about our uh, dearly departed Mox Opal. So I posted a question on our Twitter that we're just going to now make a regular segment for every week. So I asked a question. And it was, um, so Mox Opal got banned. Did it deserve it or was it from another card? So did it deserve what it got or did it die for Urza's sins? And in true fetch and shock fashion, uh, the results are in and it's an exact 50-50 split down the center. <laughs> Could not have been more perfect down the center. No, nailed it. Exactly half people chose one answer and the other half chose the other answer. So, I mean, I guess we're, like, kind of vindicated in both of our arguments that at least there's other people that feel the same way we do. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that, that I'm not crazy or the only one who thinks that. Yeah, that feels good. It feels good that people are at least, like, somewhat on my side, and there are also people on your side. So you're not a complete idiot, but also neither am I. Well. At least in this context. Fair. I'm not going to make that a general statement, but in this specific, very specific uh, moment that we are in right now. We're both not idiots. That's fair. So relish in this, it's probably not going. But we had this like same argument like throughout the weekend at our annual tournament. Oh, yeah. Multiple times. Yes. And I don't think anybody's wavering even a little bit on on the sides. Like I didn't hear a compelling nope. argument. Yeah. That enough to change my mind? No. Like I do feel bad about and like we got some comments on our uh, on our question of the week. Um, one of which was from uh, MP numbers the the individual who runs the content creator community cup and he just just posted the gif of uh, Joe Biden saying they did nothing wrong and it's, he just says poor Opal <laughs> or he was a uh, pretty devout affinity player good man yeah which I and those are the people that I really feel bad about like I still am on board with them banning Opal but I do feel genuinely bad about them like completely killing that deck specifically because there are people who have loved that deck for years and years and years and years like since modern's inception people have been down with affinity and those people are just like oh well that that yeah, just fuck me i guess yeah which that's the worst thing that had come out of it is it wrong no but 
that still sucks. Wrong things can still suck. Yes, it's a good way to put it. And there's a there was another individual, uh, competitive commander on Twitter. Uh, he also said in the comments that uh, one of his buddies had just finished an all foiled out affinity deck, and oh. like that's a fucking hit. That hurts, especially if like the last part of the deck that you finished was like was foil the opals. Because goodness, were foil opal like oh boy. Yeah, not fucking cheap. Yeah, I mean, and the foil opals, like, they drop significantly, but I think over time, those will retain more value than the original ones, because in the formats that you can play Mox Opal, those are the formats where people want to, like, really spice up their lists with foils and, like, foreign cards and stuff like that. Yeah, the hard, the diehards. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine all the vintage players who are just like, oh, well, now we're just going to snap up our foils. Yeah, I was looking at that. They're still pretty expensive. Yeah, did that, like, how much did they actually lose value, do you know, off top? Uh, the foils, I don't think really anything. They were still quite expensive. Okay, so they, so at least the the foil Mox Opal owners can take some solace in the fact that their foil expensive cards are still foil expensive cards. Yeah. So competitive commander, uh, don't feel as bad about your friend. He still has he still got some value. For now, yeah. Yeah. So all of the foiled out affinity players, you're still in the clear. All of you regular peasant non foil affinity. Oh, no, the players. rest of it probably dropped. Um, I feel like the foil arcbound ravagers and stuff, like those still retain value. And like, what is a foil ornithopter ever going to do? Like, was that even an expensive card in the first place? The foil version of that was the antiquities version. Yeah, like the yeah the the one that did not. Oh wait, no, there was a um masterpiece. No, the antiquity still is the better version of that. I'm sure people were like wanted to pimp out like in all foil and get like the masterpiece though. Like that's Probably. a sick move. Yeah, there was a lot of masterpieces for that deck. Those masterpieces are all sharp, too. And I don't think those are going to lose any value, at least significantly. No, probably not. They're still, like, collectible or whatever. Yeah, they're still, like, the hyper rares. So regardless of the playability, like, they're still, like you said, a collector's item. Yeah, they're not really a collector's item, but they, they are. I mean, all magic cards, it, at an extent, are going to be collector's items at some point. And those masterpieces are just, like, right out the gate, immediately a collector's item. There's people out there that are just be like, I want the entire set of masterpieces. Or I'm sure there are people already have that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's people who, the second those were announced, were like, oh, I'm all in. Like, push all my chips to the center of the table. I need all of them. Yeah. So that's what they're going to retain some value. There's, I don't think there's any people out there that are just like, I need every copy of the the Corset 2020 Ornithopter. <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably not. Probably not that one. Yeah, <laughs> those have the significant, but they didn't really have any value to begin with, so it's fine. But yeah, so competitive commander out there, uh, your your buddy's fine. We actually have a competitive commander um, sitting amongst us, Matthew. It's not competitive anymore. Ooh, and that's the spice. Matt, do you have something you would like to talk about? Yeah, I decided to update my commander deck because oh. modern is stone cold unplayable now. Um, I wouldn't say unplayable. Dude, I thought about playing fucking Legacy. And then I was like, oh, wait, nope. Can't do that either. Oh, we'll fucking get to that. God damn it. Um, I think Modern's actually fine now. Like, there's going to be, like, a couple weeks where you're just, like, just trying to, like, fumble around in the dark and figure out what the hell's going on. But I think in general, Modern's going to be, like, a, a decently diverse format. Yeah, that's fair. More than fucking, like, most formats are nowadays. Yeah, that's very true. But back to Commander... This is something I never thought I would hear out of you, even though I've heard it multiple times and have not believed it. It's a fair assumption not to believe it. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do the commander thing. Yeah, I have a deck. You have Maldrotha, correct? Yeah, I made a deck and it was so dumb, overpowered. 
Yeah, what does Moldrotha do for anybody out there who doesn't know? It is three black, green, blue, legendary creature, elemental avatar for a 6-6. During each of your turns, you may play up to one permanent card of each permanent type from your graveyard. Yeah, that's something. So and before, you would just, like, recur, like, discussing things. Like, you would recur, like, Lion's Eye Diamonds with her every turn. Oh, that's still in here. A bunch of other disgusting things. The Before, when it was competitive, uh, just stacks you out. Yeah, you just you just made the game impossible to play. Yeah, which is hilariously fun. Yeah, it was like Muldroth of Prison. Yeah, but now... As a Death and Taxes player, I totally can get behind that strategy. I get but it. But now it's like a land-style deck. Um, it's still very powerful, just not fast and i just grind you to a fucking pulp i think that is where an important delineation between or in commander is between like competitive and like fun commander is speed yeah that's fair because there's a lot of overlap between like cards that are in competitive decks and then cards that are in non-competitive decks but it's the way that you get to those powerful cards that really makes the big big difference like being able to turn five something very powerful and then turn like two something very powerful are way fucking different. Yeah, that checks out. That's one of so, the reasons why I'm so like anti tutor cards in Commander. I have. I can tell you exactly how many tutors I have. Um, so tutor numero uno. You counting Secure Tribe Elder as a tutor? Oh, here's the thing. I don't count things that tutor for basic lands as tutors. Okay, so tutors. I have Trinket Mage. Sure. Realms Uncharted. That's the one that Ghost gets in any number of lands. No, four lands of different just, types. Four lands, different types. Yes. Okay. You choose. You. It's gifts ungiven for but only just lands. for lands. Yep. 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 Eldritch Evolution. Oh, so you sack a creature and then go get a creature with plus two uh, or up to plus two. Yeah, and then Protean Hulk. Oh, people are saying that Protean Hulk is going to be banned like immediately. That's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I literally don't care. Uh, those kind of tutors I'm fine with because you have to like put effort into making them kind of work. Like Protein Hall, less, less so, but um, like Eldritch Evolution, like you have to have a creature on the battlefield and you have to sack that creature and have a tutor that you want to go get that is within like a very strict confines of that. For the tutors I'm talking about, it's like like Vampiric Tutor. And, like, oh yeah, I'm not playing it out. Those like straight up, go get a card from your deck that is like either an instant or something like that, like like mystical tutor and stuff I'm not into. Because it's just like, oh, well, you're just going to go get your fucking Cyclonic Erupt and send everybody back to the Stone Age. That's no fun. So I do have one infinite combo, but it is four cards. Oh, so five, it's super convoluted. Five cards. So it's Moldrotha, Lion's Eye Diamond, Animate Dead, Phantasmal Image, and Villainous Wealth. Oh, I like and, that. And I can only kill one person at a time with that. That's fun. So you make infinite mana with Lion's Eye Diamond, Moldrotha. And then just get it with Villainous Wealth. Yeah. Well, there's also a chance that whoever you target with Villainous Wealth just has something they could just end the game on the spot, too. Also true. I wouldn't and, put it past them. And generally you win if you have someone else's entire deck. So You can play their whole thing without yeah. paying the mana cost. So what made you make the decision to go, you know what, Commander? Moldrotha. No, I'm talking about this revision of the Commander. Because you already had Moldrotha as your Commander before. Oh, um, because modern sucks currently. Oh, that was your that was the deciding factor. That was the deciding factor. Because I know at the annual this weekend, which we will get to momentarily, um, we did play a game of Commander. You actually sat down and played a game of Casual Commander. I did. I actually won. And we had a blast. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, our friend of the podcast, Dirk, um, 
was playing like Naya creatures. Austin was playing his four color cascade deck. I was playing the bread and butter Simic. Go get lots of lands. And then you were playing like uh, like just guy spells. Just guy control, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like Dirk just go just goes off one turn and goes and gets a uh, crater hoof behemoth and swings at Austin and puts him down to four. And then the very next turn, I copied his crater hoof behemoth and then killed Dirk. <laughs> yes. That was a highlight of the weekend for sure. And then Austin killed you, and then I killed Austin with a one. That's usually how commander deck commander games end. It's like there's only one of two ways: one person kills everybody immediately, or something happens that makes one person need to die immediately, and then one person decides to kill that person. So then another person decides to kill the person that killed that person, and then the last person in that turn cycle gets to kill the the second to last person and that's who wins the game see my deck stops all of that i keep everyone at nothing including myself (laughs) everybody gets to have nothing also i have nothing i do take a ridiculous amount of game actions like i just added uh uro titan of nature's wrath Ooh, so that's fancy that's a spicy meatball that's a that's some new spice from uh our good friend theros yes and i really just want to play cards like greater good Ooh, greater good is fun. What is that? The, you sacrifice a creature and you draw cards equal to its toughness or power? Power that discards three. And then discard three. Cool. That's pretty good, especially in Moldrotha because of the discard. Yeah. I also just added a Wind Grace's Judgment. What is that? Three black green instant for any number of target opponent, any number of opponents destroy target non-land permanent that player controls. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I mean, spicy. I don't like it because like that's going to hose me, but I like the card. Um, it often comes down to me being able to recur uh, Pernicious Deed over and over and over. Yo, Pernicious Deed is something. Oh, boy, that sounds less fun. I did also have the Micus, the Unhallowed, but I don't have the other thing that used to combo with it. I think it was Ballista. I don't know what that card does. The, the three black, 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 uh, five, five legendary zombie cleric. Intimidate. Whenever a human deals damage to you, destroy it. Other non-human creatures you control have plus one, plus one, and have undying. So yeah, it was Ballista that just lets you infinitely ping everything. Ah, I know a card that does that. Fucking Heliod, my fucking boy! Oh no, it it wasn't Ballista. It was something else. I think it was the six drop. It was the six drop. That one, whatever that one is. But I was just trying to make some cuts and update it. Because this uh, deck is super fun to play. The only issue is I can casually make a 2020, like turn three. Oh, yeah, oh. that's uh, Merit Lage is, is a card. Yeah, Field of the Dead was the other thing I added. Mm. Ah, the bane of my existence, Field of the Dead. Because lands are something you can play from the graveyard. Turns out you can just continue to do the things that make you do the things. And it seems like Commander's a perfect fit for that card, especially if you're not in a monocolored deck. Even if you are, you could probably still turn it on pretty easy. That's very true. Yeah, I kind of like that that play to that. So at some point, I need some commander nonsense to say hey that's too powerful hey too much uh yeah. Start that. Yeah, Cut it don't, out. don't do that one of those yeah <laughs> just just hey you don't and I, I was contemplating making a new one uh the new saheli not new anymore but the saheli planeswalker that lets you cast something for x less where x is the number of artifacts oh that's a pre-con saheli right yeah it's yeah. real strong she's sweet and i was like that seems a bit much well, there's also a chance that in the coming months, we're going to get a lot of new commander shit that could just totally make you want to dive into a new commander deck, too. Like, I am 
I need to start building my online commander deck in paper. I just like have not got around to it uh, quite yet. But once I do get around to it, I cannot wait to play that in paper. It is such a fucking shit show. Oh, that chaos one. Yep, mono red chaos with Norn the Wary as my commander, who does actual nothing. <laughs> actual factual nada. Mm -hmm. The deck has um, one win condition in it, and that's it. Perforos? Nope, not even playing Perforos. Seems my... not right, but okay. Well, no, that's the point. I don't want to have yeah. the only win condition I want in the entire deck is like my other. No, it's my other people's things. I just want to get somehow acquire somebody else's things and then uh, win that way. A little shared fate action. Yeah, kind of like shared fate, except for there's no blue. But yeah, you get the point. Yeah. The only actual factual win condition in my deck is chance encountered. Don't know what that does. Chance encounter is two and two red. And whenever I flip a coin, I put a luck counter on chance encounter. And it, my upkeep, if I have 10 or more luck counters on it, I win the game. Oh, sure. Why not? Yep. That's the only win condition in the deck. Everything else is just to just to fuck things up. <laughs> that's it. Oh, uh, the other thing I also made uh, my Pioneer deck finally. What are you playing in Pioneer? I'll give you a guess. There are three win conditions in the deck, two of which are five drop to fairy. Oh, it sounds like a little bit of blue-white control. A little bit of blue-white control. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of blue-white control there, bud. I do like that deck. And I think Pioneer's actually... I've been... Because I made my, my New Year's resolution of actually trying to play Pioneer, I have put some thought and effort into a deck that I want to build. Have not played the format yet, but we still have 11 months left. So we'll get there. What deck is that? Um, I think I might want to play and to nobody's surprise mono white aggro mm, shocker yeah just because there's like no way that that deck can ever get banned and i'm pretty sure there's there's a chance that i can sneak the walking ballista uh heliod combo in there that for sure is gonna get banned yeah but then i still have the rest of the deck to play fair there also is like a banned spirits deck out there that i'm interested in playing but I, as long as now that Heliod's is out in the wild, I have to get hit my hands on him and I have to play that card. Do you buy any copies yet? No, have not done that yet. If there, cause I, I, I want to test it online before I actually commit myself to paper copies to figure out exactly how good it is. Cause like that card's too expensive for me to just commit like four copies of it when I know the deck is probably only going to play like two or three. It's also going to get banned. So keep that in mind. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a very strong point. Either that or Ballista's going to be the one that gets the hit. Oh, please, no. I love my Ballista's. I love my Ballista's in non-Heliod decks. Please don't get rid of Ballista. I could see that one being the one that gets the, the boot. I mean, that's just like Wizard's MO, right? Every time something happens, something else gets banned that isn't the thing that, that caused it. Exactly. Yeah. What's up, Hogak? Fucking Bridge from Below. Also, Bridge from Below is a nonsense card. Uh, see also... The 150 fucking prior episodes that we said that <laughs> that uh, all of those things that we just said. Yeah, that sounds about right. Fucking Christ. Well, you didn't open any packs uh, or you didn't open any Heliods this past weekend, did you? I did not. Oh, you fucking loser. Well, you know what we did do this weekend besides opening Heliods? Drafted a whole bunch of magical cards. Yeah, we opened up a lot of packs. So this weekend was our annual like Evansburg local tournament. So Evansburg is just a shitty little town in the middle of Pennsylvania that you've never heard of before until right now. But in that shitty town in the middle of Pennsylvania, 
there is a group of nerds. And very every large year, group of nerds. Yeah, very large group of nerds. And every year, this group of nerds gets together and plays a tournament. And this tournament is... I'm going to go ahead and say it, and I think I've said it multiple times before, but there's no... there. There's always a point in reiterating. This is the best tournament of the... Oh, 100% so. And it's not close. So what this tournament is, uh, we get a bunch of our close friends together, and we play a two-day event with five drafts. Each of them three rounds, so just like a normal draft. And we go through pretty much the past year worth of uh, sets that have been released. We draft them all and keep the records throughout the the, uh, the entire weekend. And at the end of the the weekend we have a top eight and the top eight is like some form of throwback dress this year it was in which is super sweet that's something that i would have been uh very excited to be a part of but <laughs> if you couldn't guess from the intro uh me, me and matt did not uh <laughs> definitely did not make top eight no pretty close but didn't quite cut it yeah close but no cigar so let's uh why don't we start off with uh the very first draft which was corset 2020 yeah, so what did you end up doing and what deck did you draft? Yeah, I think this is a good way to do it. Let's just let's just talk about like the basic strategy for each draft that we had and then any notable moments that happened throughout that draft. I started out the weekend in quite possibly one of my favorite archetypes of all time, which is Blue White Flyers. Um, my first couple packs were very, very good with Blue White Flyers. And then inconspicuously in the middle of pack two, Blue White Flyers just just stopped floating around the table. Thanks, Kev. Yep. And at the end of the draft, I looked over at Kevin because I knew it was him. And he just looked at me and smiled. And he's like, sorry, dude. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, Kevin. You son of a bitch. You completely cut me off of what exactly I wanted to do. And he's like, yeah, all the cards started showing up. So like I just started and I knew you were in it. So like I just started to not make you in it. So at the end of that draft, it ended up I had a halfway playable version of Blue-Eyed Flyers and Kevin had a halfway playable of Blue-Eyed Flyers and it ended us both at like a, I think we both ended at one, two. Rough, rough start to yeah. your weekend. So thank you, Homeless Fabio, for fucking me so good. I did have that one rare, um, which if you listening want to go back and uh, kind of check in on kind of what we did this weekend, I did post updates for each round. Um, on our Twitter, and it's all in one thread, so you can go back and look. Um, there's like pictures that are available, and it kind of has an update of where we were sitting during that weekend. So if you want to follow along as we talk about it, you can do that. Um, I ended up with Safara, the seven-seven flyer that is flying in lifelink, and then flyers I control are indestructible. That card was. I wish I would have seen it more, but I did not. Um, besides that, my deck was super medium. So I drafted the exact same deck blue white flyers it's a good um, deck like i i got like a fourth pick um pacifism but i was also kind of already in the deck my first pick was i forget what it's called it's four white white for a four four flyer and then for three and a white i can throw a counter on a, a, a different flying yes, creature i had one of those guys as well and that was the best card in my pack by far yes that that card was insane. like okay it's a six mana four four flyer that if I get other flyers, I can just mana dump and throw some counters on some. Yep, much bigger flyers. Yes. So, and it was also turned out to be a very open deck at my table, so it worked out quite well. 
Oh, mine was pretty open until Kevin fucked me. Yeah, there were no of the uncommon Aperia, whatever, that bird thing that gives you other flyers. Didn't oh, see any uh, of those. Uh, the Imperial Eagle. Yeah, yeah, didn't see any of those. Um, but I did have two Marauder's Axes, uh, three Fairy Miscreants, and like a solid curve. I also had three Pacifisms, which should, do not, it. should not ever happen. And then pack three, pick two. I got past Cavalier of Gales, and I was like, all right. Yep, that's fucking... the Mythic Rare Blue one. Yeah, that's pretty yep. good. Yeah, it was really good. Turns out that a five-mana, five-five flyer that brainstormed. Hell yeah, pretty good. that's okay. What did you end that draft at? Two and one. Any cool moments, like, during the draft that are worth mentioning? Yeah, I smacked Austin around. He, uh, <laughs> he played on curve a turn three Rotting Regisaur. Oh, that's the three-mana... Uh, what is it like five five seven six? Oh, three mana seven six that, uh, that you discard your card in your upkeep or discard your hand in your upkeep. Discard a card from your hand during your upkeep. Uh, a, a card, yep. So I proceeded on my turn three to play pacifism, followed yep, by a the one one flash dude that um for four man I can draw a card one one flying flash. Oh yeah, three and a blue draw a card. The uncommon. And I just chipped in as he was discarding his hand until. I started just going ham with that dude. That's insane. Yeah, I drew like 10 cards off of it and just pretty much killed anything he played and killed him with flyers is how how my drafts went. I did. Who did I lose to? I don't remember. But thankfully, I have my notes. Oh, look at that. Mr. Prepared. I love it. So I actually lost to Jonathan. I don't remember what he was playing. I just remember losing we just went to three ruined. games yeah i forget what he was playing um but i lost to him and then i beat austin in round three yeah that seems that seems okay so i was two and one to finish uh m20 that's not bad so after that um it's those first uh that first uh course at draft all of the pairings for those tables were all randomly selected right yep so after that everybody we took all of the records and then paired our draft tables accordingly and the way that the draft table yeah they were seated yeah they were seated so the top table had eight players the number two table had eight players and then the fourth and third tables had six players because that's just the number that we were working with and the last table so table four obviously the people with the worst records we do this thing every year where it's called the battle of the basement which is convenient because the last table is sitting in the center of the basement and every win that you accrue at that table for each draft throughout the weekend earns you a point in the battle of the basement. And whoever at the end of the weekend has the most wins at the basement table wins like a special additional prize, which is the, this year it was a bunch of random assorted packs. One of which was an Innistrad pack, which is sick. And then one of the, like a pre-con commander deck. And one of them was like the, a commander deck worth like 150 bucks. Yeah. With Teferi's protection, a bunch of other shit in there. Yeah, so there is value even, like, throughout this entire tournament, which is so sick. Yeah, so uh, draft number two, um, obviously it's based off C. Yeah, what table did you end up landing at? Uh, I was at table two again, uh, being two and one. Uh, I wasn't the 3-0, and I'd rather be at table two all weekend. Uh, yeah, just table coast one into is, top eight. Yeah, but it didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> Same here, bud. Yeah, the second draft was uh, re- triple Ravnica. Yep. Uh, what did you draft in Allegiance? So for Allegiance, I stuck with uh, my core strategy. 
uh, playing white creatures, and I played a pretty pretty good low to the ground uh, Orzov aggro deck. My deck was very good too. I had three of the uh, two drop two one vigilance afterlife for one spirit guys, and I had three of the three mana three three flyers or the the five mana three three flyers that enter the battlefield and drain your opponent for two grasping thrall that's the one yeah my deck Draining was it. very good uh so what did you end up on that draft that one i two won i don't remember who i lost to but i do remember it being because like i just did not draw any sort of removal and they had the uh green red like go wide deck. Like the, the the exact rhythm of the night, like mono haste creatures that are also getting counters and just like killing you. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, seems pretty good. So I drafted um, a teamer deck that had like a half adapt, half gates theme. Uh, the highlights of that deck were two shark to crabs. Yes, sure. two of them, two gates ablaze um, and the battering ram, the gate battering ram or whatever gets plus one plus one for each gate you have. Oh, it's gate break ram. Yeah, Gatebreaker Ram. Yo, that seems like a solid deck. Yes, I thoroughly romped my first two-round opponent and then lost to Chris, who is from the D.C. area, um, and he had the third Shark to Crab at our table. <laughs> oh, geez. Yes, uh, Wild Growth Walker. Is that the one that gets... It's a 2-drop yep. two, 2-2 two, 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 that for three, you put two one one counters on it. That sounds about right. So he played that turn two, turn oh, three... Geez. Oh yeah, just it gets better. Turn three pumps it up. I was like, okay, this is gonna be a bitch. Um, I had three goblin gatherings in my hand, so I proceeded to make two goblins. He said sure, and then followed his play up with Zagana, the Zagana, yeah, uh, the yeah, mythic simic card that anything with a one-one counter has trample on it. It's not Prime Speaker Zagana. It's the next version of it. Yeah, that card's yeah. really good. Yeah, it's very very. Good. It adapts for six. It becomes an eight eight. So he thoroughly trounced you two games. Uh, we actually, well, the two game we went to three games, but game one and three he smashed my face in real hard. Yeah, it was like the ga- game two was a very close game, and then games one and three were just like dead, just blots. Yes, seems about right. His deck seems insane. Well, game two is when I actually crushed him. Uh, two shark to crabs will do that. Yeah. So, oh, so you had three lopsided games. You were just on the shitty end of them for two of them. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah. So that was Ravnica Allegiance. I think so. We snuck out of there. We were both at the same record, right? At that point. No, you were two and you were four and two. I was four and two. Yes. I was. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? In Ravnica Allegiance, I misspoke. I actually caught one of my draws. I was I was two zero oh, and one in the Ravnica Allegiance draft. I caught my fucking uh draw against gets because he fucking slope <laughs> yeah his slope hey, dude. freaking gets no he uh, he had the rhythm of the night deck but i crushed him game one and rhythm then i had the wild i had enchantment removal for the rhythm of the wild uh because white obviously um and like our game two lasted forever because he he had rhythm rhythm of the wild for like three turns and that was enough to build pretty much a wall and then I killed it, and then we just, like, stared at each other for, like, 20 minutes until he could eventually finish me off. And then we had, like, five minutes left for our game three, and neither of us could get there. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so I did 2-0-1. Oh, so I finished 3-3-1, uh, three, three, and one, right? No, 2-3-1. No, 3-2-1 and one after that first round. 
and you were four and two. Yes. Okay. And then, so that moved us into the last raft of day one, which was everybody's favorite limited environment, War of the Motherfucking Spark. See, this is the one I was most confident about because I love that draft format. Oh my God. This is the one that I fucking dreaded the most because I hated this. Yes. I was uh, at table one for this draft. Um, the only deck open uh, from either direction was the blue red spells deck, which if anyone knows that deck is hot trash. Yeah, not very good. There are just yeah. so many other things that you would rather be doing, like playing black. Yeah, or green. Yeah, or green. Yeah. Or blue. Any of those. So I actually 3 this draft. Um, the only round, uh, so round one, I played Rokus, who had the blue-black amass deck. Turn three, he had a 5-5 five, five flying death touch army. And I was like, oh, okay. We will get to fucking Rokus later. Yes. Um, so I got thoroughly tranced that fucking round. Um, the second round, I lost Rob Beatty playing. Well, I didn't lose to Beatty. I lost uh, Nissa's Arcbow or whatever the fuck that card is. Yeah, Nissa's Arcbow, the one that for X and tap it and discard a card, you can look at the top X cards of your library and then put a creature with career mana cost X from among them onto the Or back. less. Or less. Yeah, X or less. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had stabilized the board round one. I had two of the three, five uh, dudes who for four, they become unblockable. And I was starting to take over the game. And then he played that. And it's just like, okay, well, get fucked. Yeah, that seems pretty much like strategy. And he just, okay, played this, played this. Like, just was dropping these mega bombs, discarding a land. Uh, just haymaker after haymaker of, like, six mana creature, six mana creature. Because I got to watch the tail end of that. Yeah, that was not fun. On, so yeah, that was my round two. And that, I got one, that one super easy. got one crushed. And then... Uh, Mitch got me with a red-black deck, uh, Angrass Rampage. He had two of them, and those got me real good. Yeah. Hey, sack of creature. Oh, hey, nice uh, fucking, what's a blue-red planeswalker? Uh, Ralzarek. No, the one that makes tokens. Oh, uh, Sahili. Yep, nice Sahili sack it. Thanks, cool, good games. So mm -hmm. I actually ended that one. Oh, and unfortunate. Ooh. Yeah, that one yeah, was a rough, a that, was, that was a bad beat. Well, if it makes you feel any better... Um, my War of the Spark draft went just about as well. I went one and two in that one, I think. Yeah, one and two. Um, because I was getting weird signals like throughout the draft. I started out in by pack one, pick one-ing uh, Domery. That's a who, good one. Who is obviously very fucking insane. He's a removal spell on a Planeswalker uh, while also pumping your team, which is With very static, good. yeah. Yeah he, yeah, he does some work. So I picked him and then started picking um, assorted red and green cards. And then pack two opened up the black mythic rare god. And if you drafted drafted this format before, you know how fucking unbeatable these gods are. Yeah, they're very miserable to play against. Yeah, the gods are like just so crushingly good. So I slammed the god and then pivoted into like hopefully having some amount of black splash. And then all my red dried up. So I ended up in like a pretty base uh, black green deck with a splash red for... I believe one burn spell, um, one creature and Domery. And the creature was like the, some uncommon thing that was like very good. It was like the uh, the five five or with a riot that can like pump itself. Yeah, that seems like an okay. Riot. Yeah. And then like some removal spell and then obviously Domery. And um, my deck was, it turned out okay. But then I played against like the super quick aggressive deck uh, and got pretty much rolled. And then I played against another deck with uh, 
another god and they got their god before I got my god and that game usually goes in the favor of the person who gets their god first and then I won my last round by like the skin of my teeth. Yeah, snuck it in there. Yeah. So, um I wouldn't say we had a particularly awful Oh no, I thought you were day. Oh no, you never mind. Yeah. Um yeah, the first day was good. I wish I wouldn't have gone 03. That would have if I wouldn't have gone 03, I probably would have made top 8 even if I yeah. went 1. If I would have went one to made top eight. And if I wouldn't have got my draws, we would have made top eight. But, you know, hindsight, 2020, bud. Well, that's two games. Mine was one. Idiot. But I would have won both of my draws. Ask the people who I played against. Because when mm. I play fast and I just can get underneath people, like people keep sketchy hands on, uh, on uh, like mulligans when like there's very few time, there's very little time left. And I only build aggressive decks. Like I'm super favored in like the sketchy hand short clock matchups because that's the player that I am. Except for Throne, where you didn't draw draft a faster. No, I did not. So yeah, that was so that was the end of our day three. We ended um pretty average, I guess. We we had middle of the pack kind of numbers for that day. Um at that that evening we ended up sticking around and playing some Commander, which is the game that we talked about earlier. Uh had a blast. Um and just sat around bullshitting, um, in hopes that we would eventually get to watch the the fight, like the UFC fight that happened that night. And then we couldn't get it on the TV and it also didn't end up actually starting until like 1130. And at that point I was already like well at home in my bed. Yeah, I still streamed it. I watched it the whole 45 seconds of it. Oh, yeah. See, I went home and I like finally dug it up and watched it. Um, and like you said, yeah, I was like 40 seconds and it was like the most miserable experience of my life. Yeah, not a good fight. Yeah, it spent me more time to find it than to. Yeah, which was fucking annoying. But we woke up bright and early that next morning to fire off two more drafts because three rounds of or uh, three three round drafts wasn't enough for day one. We started off day two um, with one of the with probably the format that I liked the most out of the formats that I had played extensively, which was Eldraine. I know initially I said that I liked Eldraine and then I said I hated Eldraine because it sucked. And then I got back on the train. I still haven't got off the train of Eldraine. I like it. Like, five years from now, I'm not going to go back and be like, oh, man, do you remember Thrones of Eldraine draft? That was fucking awesome. But comparatively to the things that we had been drafting previously that year, Eldraine looked like fucking Innistrad. Yeah, I'm so-so on Eldraine. Um, we actually played each other round one. Yeah, our Eldraine drafts, both of us. Yeah, so we ended up in the same pod for uh, round four because our records were middling at very best. And our, our both of our drafts went really fucking good. Yeah, we both had insane decks. Yeah, our decks were fucking. Got mana fucked twice. Yeah, round proceeded. one, you and me, the the grudge match, the fetch and shock grudge match. Proceeded to get lumped around by you, um, just drawing. I'm not gonna lie, drawing super poorly. Um, you were playing like a blue black control deck. Oh, I had like the quintessential blue black control deck. I had a million fucking removal spells. And I had just ways to slow the game down to an absolute halt. Yes. And I was, I played black green, a little bit of food synergy, but the highlight was uh, getting in early and then finishing off strong. I had two of the four, two haste knights that when I gain life, I can return it to my hand from the graveyard. You, yeah, that guard's pretty good. Yeah. So I got smacked around by you. And then Focus, I proceeded man. to win my next four games in a row um, without really breaking a sweat once. And actually, Which feels really good. two of those four games, I killed my opponent on turn five. That feels really good. Yeah, turns out uh, attacking for 
four on turn two. Yeah, uh, pretty you know good. Stupid equipment that comes down and gives a creature plus one or plus two plus one, and when it enters the battlefield, you just attach it to a non-human. That's yeah, disgusting. People, yeah, people don't take that very highly, and it's no, really good. Um, and people are like, "Oh, well, it costs five to equip." I'm like, "Nope, it is nope. first free to equip, and then later on." Then it costs five. Yeah, and by the time that they remove like your shitty two drop creature that have no, just no, no. chunked them for eight. One, one drop. I had enough one drops. That's why I would always turn one ginger brute, turn two that on ginger brute, and then like another one drop that um when it attacks or blocks it gets plus one plus one for Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can I can chunk you. Yeah, yeah but yeah, what... by the time they remove your shitty one drop creature that had that thing on it. It's already paid its dividends in like equip cost because it chunked them for like twelve. Yeah, pretty close to it. Yeah, that card's pretty good. And my last match, I was playing a guy named Jared, and he kept his. He's like waffling on his hand, and I saw my hand. I was like, "Oh, you're fucked, bud." Like it's. it's <laughs> I was like, "I have. You're getting clocked real good." And he kept, and he had. I forget what he did. It like it really didn't matter. He could have killed three of my. He still was dead. But he yeah, could have played like actual fucking Wrath of God, and it would have been like, oh, um, yeah, here's uh, eight power. Sack. The next yeah. turn, uh, good luck, bud. Sack this food, get these two four two hasters back. Yeah, so we both had very good decks. Um, how did you end? Up? I went ended up two one. How did your Eldraine draft? My Eldraine draft was fucking awesome. The deck, at least, was great. My deck was insane. Like, I played against you, and you saw the power level of it because you were playing, like, a reasonably paced deck. Um, and Eldraine, notoriously a slower format. Um, I, the next two rounds, I played against the decks that had three copies each of Ginger Brute. And then proceeded to die to multiple Ginger Brutes kicking my fucking teeth out my throat. Yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, so I had the perfect control deck, uh, and then died to my worst matchup. So that was that kind of summed up my weekend pretty well through my Eldraine draft of just getting the perfect deck handed to me and then dying because of it. There's a reason that deck got handed to you, bud. Oh, I think that deck's very good. It's just like there were so many aggressive decks around the table. You just lose to Ginger Brute. Oh, I just died to Ginger Brute. And who would have thought there would have been like seven to nine Ginger Brutes floating around the table? There were eight copies of Ginger Brute at our table. No, there were nine because somebody wasn't even playing one. Mm. Well, that's a mistake. They made a mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were nine because the person next to me was in like a, not the food deck. It was like the black. Uh, Jared. Yeah, he was playing black green. Was he? Oh, he was also playing black green. Yep, yep, yep. And he was not playing a ginger brute because I don't know. It's literally free to play. Pretty. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um. Yeah, so I went a nice, comfortable one and two with that. That was super fun. No, you did not. You went one, one, and one. Oh, that was another draw. That was your second draw, yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, see, you're wearing, you have notes. I am completely forgetting my notes. It wasn't the Ravnica Allegiance draft that I drew against Getz. I beat Getz in the Ravnica Allegiance draft. I, I tied with Getz in the Eldraine draft. That's what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. So uh, I screwed up. It was my Eldraine draft that I ended up playing against Getz because game one lasted. 35 minutes and i milled him out yes and then he gingerbreaded me yeah in game three you guys started with like a minute left yep 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 that's exactly what happened yeah thank like, you for the fucking reminder i was like if anyone's gonna win this game it's gonna be gets just because you can't win that fast no and then i 
ended up playing super aggressive, like kept a hand of like predominantly creatures, and got him down to fucking four life on my turn five, and then lost. Yeah. Or not lost, but drew. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and that then, was infinitely fucking infuriating. Yeah. And then our last draft of the last non-top eight draft of the weekend was actually Theros Beyond Death. Fuck yeah, bud. Hold on, give me a second. Let me go grab a beer. We will now have a short intermission. Loser. Stupid nerd. I hope you hear this whenever you're editing. Silly little toothless bitch. Hope your tooth never comes back. He gone. Dumb little stupid ass. Okay, we're back. We back. What kind of shit did you talk about me while I was gone? Good bit. <laughs> did you really? Yeah. God, dude. Well, you have to listen when you're ever you're editing. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. So I'll let you talk about your Theros draft first. Oh, fine. Okay, let's get going. Yeah. So Theros Beyond Death. We got our little pre-release experience because this was the, the Theros pre-release, but because we have a plug. Um, don't, shh, don't tell wizards <laughs> because we have a plug. We got a bunch of boxes so we could use that as a, uh, as a format for the annual, which is super fucking sweet. Yeah. We just won't tell them where we got the fucking boxes. Oh, that's right. Fuck you. Tell wizards. They won't know nothing. None yeah, what the are you wiser. Do? Fucking nerds. <laughs> but yeah. So Theros, um, so I, I mean, for the most part, everybody was kind of on the same footing for Theros, not knowing what the fuck was going on. Uh, there was a, a handful of us who, played it uh like on magic online or on arena or something me being one of them because i streamed it so shout out to fetch and shock go to uh twitter or you go to uh uh twitch fetch and shock and watch me stream magic because i'm gonna start doing that more because it's fun but yeah um we did a theros draft and my theros draft was fucking awesome and that like five drafts that i did on stream really paid some dividends my deck was wild so what did you draft I drafted uh, a little bit of green, white, uh, like auras, aura and enchantment themed deck. And I had like disgusting rares because people were passing me gold. I had the uh, like bronze hide lion, the green, white, three, three that can get indestructible for a green and a white. I had Teresha, the three, three, who, when it attacks, you untap a creature, make it a four, four indestructible. And I had Elspeth escapes death, which just pretty much reads... Uh, kill your opponent on it. And I went 2-0-1, catching my second draw of the weekend against another green-white auras deck. And that felt so goddamn bad. Yeah, that's a rough uh, a rough finish. Yeah, you saw me after my last, or after that draw that I took. You I was so like, tilted. visibly upset. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You. Um, I drafted something where that would never happen. I drafted red-white... Uh, basically heroic deck where i get some idiots down and i play some pump spells to pump my whole boards uh just by targeting them and i only lost round one because i got hardcore mana fucked both game have you considered drawing better i tried so the first the first game um i had to mull to five no lands either time and i kept land land two drop spell and I think like a three drop. And I was like, it's really not going to get much better than that. Yeah, you're kind of priced so, in to keep it. So I keep it. Uh, land pass. Land my two drop. He goes land. Uh, your dude gets minus three, minus three. That black enchantment. Yes. And then. Myers Grass. Yeah, that one. Card's really good. Uh-huh. And then played the lionfish. 
the two one lionfish that he plays a spell on my turn, tap something or untap something. Yeah, that card's pretty good. Uh, tap my dude down uh, two turns in a row, uh, just chipping in for damage, and then uh, he passes. I was like, all right, he probably has either the blue enchantment to draw cards, or he flashes in a three two dude and they trade, which I'm fine with that. Yeah, sure, you'll take that. Um, nope, flashed in the five four flash dude, flying flash. Um, anything over five you have costs one less to cast. Oh, the Sphinx. Mm, something, Sphinx? something. The sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That card's real good. Yeah, real good. And then he proceeded to kill me. Mm-hmm. And came to, um, I kept a two line hand with three two drops and or two two drops, a three drop, and a spell. I said, okay, that's fine. Um, I proceeded to draw six mountains in a row when there are six mountains in my deck. Oh. Or f- five mountains, and I only had five mountains. Six mountains in my deck. I had one in my hand. I proceeded to draw five of them. Huh. The odds of that are astronomical. I'll let someone else, I'll let Frank Karsten. Yeah, Frank, if you're listening. Yeah, so. Uh, uh, get at your fucking abacus. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, round two, I played uh, Z playing mono black. He mauled to five and still beat. Fine. And then, and then games two and three, my deck decided to work, which was like great. And I just ran through, like couldn't really be stopped. Yeah, he when had, your deck works, turns out you win games. Yeah, especially going wide and fast. Um, and I had a good split of creatures that if you target them, they get pumped, like they pump the whole board. So uh, I just went too wide and he couldn't really... Like he was using removal spells on my two drops. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Oh yeah, you're you just know you're in a winning spot when that happens. Yeah, and uh, so that happened. And then round three, I also played Getz, who also slow played. No, um, but he <laughs> he was on uh, the red green deck. And game one, I got him with the uh, the five drop. That's a three three flyer, but it's devotion to white costs X less. So it's oh yeah, so it costs less equal to your devotion to white. So it's basically a 3-3 flyer for white-white. Uh-huh. Yeah, that sounds right. we were on a board stall for a while. He had I played that and then proceeded to play the exact same thing. Or no, he was white-green, sorry. And then, uh, so we were board stalled until I drew uh, Sentinel's Eyes, which gives plus one, plus one, and Vigilance. Yeah, and that's, a, that's a draw. Yeah, proceeded to clock in with a 4-4 flyer, which he couldn't profitably block. Yeah, just get nasty. Yeah, and then just uh, Alpha struck and got him. Game two... He got blown out real hard with uh, Heliod's Intervention. The X white-white instant destroy uh, up to X target artifacts or enchantments. Yeah, that card's like secretly one of the best cards. in the. Yeah, that was a nice three for one. Yeah. And then I just proceeded to finish him off. Once that happened, I was like, okay, you really can't come back from that. Yeah, because I was like, how many cards left in your hand? He's like, one. I said, yep. Uh, kill this, this, and this. You're dead. And then just alpha struck like two times and hit him for 10 the first one and then 12 or something after that. Not bad. Nope, it was a good way to the end. So, so how did up. you end the weekend then? 10th overall, it was 2, 4, 2, 4, and 5, 6, and 5, uh, 7, 6, right? No. Uh, sure. That, that, that doesn't sound right. Hold on. Yeah, math is hard. I just know that you finished in 10th and I finished in in 12th. Uh, the And I was like one match point behind you because of my two draws. So like you had one more win and one more loss than I did because those two games turned out draws for me. So you had one 
like match point higher than I ended up eight and seven, eight and seven, eight bad. So I was six, I was seven or I was what? Seven, six and two, seven, six and two. Yeah. Yeah. That math checks out. I would say overall pretty good week. Yeah. Um, it is funny. The one draft that I was actually excited. You got real. Ended up going. Oh yeah. You just got absolutely fucking smoked. Yeah. Which is a bummer, but should happen. Yes. Um, sometimes you eat the bear. Sometimes the bear eats you. The bear ate me good that time. Yeah, the bear got, so, got got inside you, bent you over a stump, and fucked you in the ass. Yeah, so top eight was an Innistrad draft. Yeah, and turns out neither of us were in it. Also, uh, at this point, I think we can mention, uh, shout out to our good, to Austin, friend of the podcast. Um, we we'll have to have Austin as a guest at some point. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He would be, I think he would be good for this. Um, but... He ended up winning the Battle of the Basement. <laughs> yes, he did. Yeah, because he fucking blew it enough to get down there, and then he racked up five wins, or six wins down there, and took home the Commander deck. So congratulations to Austin for being the, the biggest loser. Yeah, the, the biggest loser. I he like did a great that. job. It was actually funny. Greg was, for a while, there in contention for uh, Battle of the Basement and Top 8. He was in the running up until the very last match, the very last round of the weekend. He was both tied for Battle of the Basement and still potentially in top eight. Yes. That's amazing to me. What an electric weekend if somebody can also, he can be the biggest loser and also somehow slide into the top eight. Yeah, it's hilarious. Fucking amazing. I love it. Yes, but like you said, so our top eight draft was uh, Innistrad this year and a whole host of very, very good players from around the world were sitting at our top table drafting quite possibly one of the greatest formats of all time yes and we got a uh a backseat drafter uh look at a lot of the decks like you were you were bouncing in and out watching uh kevin draft and our friend Beatty draft and mitch yeah and mitch and i was kind of bouncing around the table watching a couple different people draft and it was like very evident almost right out of the gate who was going to like win this all yeah yeah and it was our our friend uh rokas who, who was in, to no one's surprise, Red Black Vamp. Yeah, and he he pack one, picked one, Olivia Voldaren, and never looked back. Yeah. Which Olivia is, like, a, just an unbeatable card. And then just kept getting passed. Like, I watched the, I watched almost his, like, entire pack, or end of his pack two, beginning of his pack three is what I watched. And all of it was just, like, straight gasoline for his deck. And at some at one point, he picked up his pile of cards and looked at it, and I was like, oh. <laughs> And he like turned back and looked at me and just smiled. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. Oh my God. This is going to be a fucking murder. Which it ended up being. So yeah. Yeah. The morbid triggers were placed on the stack every time that he played. See what I did there. I see what you did there. That was slick, right? <laughs> Cause morbid when something dies and a murder, something dies. You see what I did? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, he ended up taking down the whole thing. Uh, so congratulations to Rokus. What two time winner, right? Two-time winner, yeah, this was his, not in a row, but his second-time winner. Yeah, so he gets, he got to take home the coveted Edmondsburg Annual Trophy that he now has to get engraved. And he won four beta power lightning And four beta bolts. Yeah, four beautiful beta lightning bolts. have gone downhill for no one's fault other than old-ass cards going way up in price. That is definitely something. But, like, the prize structure this year, so for anybody out there, if you want to make the trip into the Edmondsburg Annual next year, Reach out to us at on Twitter at fetch underscore shock, and we will 1,000% accommodate. Yeah, come on out. 
I mean, we are, we would fucking love to get more people to this annual thing, dude. Because then that just increases prize pool. And that means we can just crush fellow listeners of the podcast and just steal their money. <laughs> yeah, you freak. It's uh, anywhere from 120 to 150, depending on um, what the prizes are. Yeah, pretty much. But like that also includes like your packs for the weekend. Yes. So yeah, you it's get just a blast. It's super fun. Yeah, I, there's ne- never a weekend like this. And this year was the first year that like after the top eight was done, like a lot of people didn't just immediately leave or at the at, when the top eight started, people didn't just immediately leave. We fired another draft downstairs. I didn't want to be a part of it because it was fucking uh, uh, what's the artifact set? Kaladesh. Yeah, it was, or it Aether, was Revolt. Aether Revolt and Kaladesh. So people were fired that off downstairs. Um, and our, our good friend Beef, friend of the podcast, he fucking actually opened up a expedition, a, uh, extra planar lens. Uh, not an expedition, a masterpiece. Masterpiece there. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he got like a walking ballista and, an, and a masterpiece and like just like went off. Yeah, that'll happen. Seems okay. But yeah, Seems so like we, we had a crowned champion and our good friend Austin was the Battle of the Basement champion and Beef. Got at some sweet fucking cards from his packs. Oh, wait. We didn't get to talk about our winnings. from. Uh, yeah, I guess not. What did you end up taking home? Because every single person who plays in this event got a prize of some sort. Uh, we finished at least in, like, respectable spots. So we got... Uh, ben Bucks. Vouchers. We got Ben Bucks, uh, ben. which is one of our friends who just has an incredibly large collection of packs and, and singles. And he just selected cards that you could take out of a binder for whatever determined amount of Ben Bucks that this was. Uh, so you got 25, I, I got 20. Yeah, I ended up getting a Prismatic Vista and an Engineered Explosion. Pretty solid pulls. I ended up getting uh, a Nykthos Shrine Nyx and a Dark Slick Shores. So just expanding that mana base. Hashtag Pioneer. Yeah, fuck yeah, Pioneer. I mean, until it gets banned in Pioneer, then I'm shit out of luck. But for the time being, until the... I'm a rich Woo! man. Yeah. <laughs> off to the races baby all right dude any other uh closing closing uh thoughts for the for the annual this year it's always fun uh get to see the some of those guys only at the annual so that's always fun yeah literally once a year is when we can see a a, a decent portion yeah especially because like people get older and like they're moving away like people traveled here from like you said washington dc people traveled here from new york like yourself uh from all over like the east coast pretty much people are coming in just to play this event and it is a blast super fun it's always over the weekend before uh mlk monday yeah so we get the extended weekend yeah uh super fun it's always a good time i always say this but i'm to prep uh farther out than like three weeks next year so that should help I mean, that seems to be the reoccurring trend, right? Like last year, I was like, oh, I'm going to prepare and we're going to be all good. And then I played none of these draft formats because all these draft formats sucked. The good thing is next year's first draft is probably going to be like Theros, right? Um, No, it'll be the set after Theros, probably. Ah, fuck. Uh, No, yeah, it'll be Theros. It'll be Theros, yeah, because Ravnica Allegiance was the the final draft of last week or last year. Yeah, um, M20 was the sealed for last year and this year we didn't do a sealed thing fucking everything Thank God. yeah so uh i'm looking forward to next year and hopefully this year we have some better limited format so uh we can at least be somewhat engaged in the draft instead of just drinking all weekend yes i'm a-okay with that yeah i'm fine with that i have no issues whatsoever all right so fucking that was that was our a evansburg annual tournament report now let's move on to something that other people can actually get behind <laughs> They released the 
the formats for the second and third quarter of the Grand Prix schedule. Yes, they did. Yeah, so we have some. We finally have some formats for the rest of this year for, I guess, Grand Prix Magic Fest. Sorry, gotta make sure it's we're we're using the correct term here. Yeah, Magic Fest. So I crunched the numbers before the podcast started, and from now until, or from the beginning of the year until uh, early August, there are six standard Grand Prix, seven modern Grand Prix, six Pioneer Grand Prix, seven limited Grand Prix, including one team limited Grand Prix, which we'll talk about, and the, the, the big subject at hand, zero, count them, zero limited Grand Prix. Thus far. Thus far, yeah. Okay, yeah, you do have to, you genuinely do have to make that a qualifier because we don't have from August 14th to uh, December 18th. So that's roughly like 10, 15 GPs. On a slightly better note, the... World Championships um, are there's a draft portion. Oh, did they announce that? Yeah, I heard it. Uh, I forget who said. It. I believe so, unless I'm just crazy, which is possible. So confirmed, but also not confirmed because Matt could be senile. There might be draft for the World Championships, which is a huge thing. That if if they actually do a draft thing, that means I know for a fact Wizards is listening to our podcast. Yeah, that's the only way. That's the only so way they could have made the thing. It's not all of the other people who are complaining about there not being a limited format. It's not the fact that limited has always been a part of worlds and they should never get rid of that. It's solely because the fetch and shock boys said that they were upset. So they made it. So we were not upset. anymore. There's no other explanation. Well, Matt, is there anything that you want to say uh, to wizards right now that we, now that we know that they're listening, uh, keep oppressing white cards. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 no, 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 not that. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep Shit. making good white cards, but uh, not just combo-oriented white cards like Helio. Keep just making just generally good white cards. Wizards, thank you. I appreciate it. I know you're listening. Thank you. But Matt, is there anything that you want to say about this, uh, the new information that we have in regards to the GP schedule? No legacy, which is... Did you say that? Yes, I did. But no go legacy. on. No legacy, which I actually found a legacy deck that sounds fun. What is it, Belcher? No. What Let's deck is it? Crazy fun. Uh... It's like four color Oko and Mentor and that kind of shit. Ah, that does seem like you're kind of fun. But yeah, there's no legacy GPs on here. Yeah, Stone Cold Saddle. Yes. So they're just going to, you know what they're going to end up doing? They're just going to, they're going to do a send off to legacy and they're going to reprint a, uh, a legacy horizon set, but it's actually just going to be risk, just misprints with like tragic slip and like shallow grave. And just a bunch of cards that have to do with death. And that's just going to be them actually killing Legacy. <laughs> yeah, just putting that, putting it to bed. Yep, that seems about right. Fucking Christ. Yeah, no Legacy GPs feels super bad for the for the Legacy crowd. Because we already got the smack in the balls from Star City Games, who just said, Well, Pioneer, we got to do the Pioneer thing. So we Pioneer with the Pioneer. Um, Their response and- to people bitching about it, too, was ridiculous. What did they do? Um, I don't think it was Star City. I think it was Wizards. No, it might have been Star City. I don't remember who it was, but they basically said uh, between card prices being like the format entry being difficult and uh, limited space for it, uh, we're not doing it. And oh, no, that was, like, was 100% Wizards. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because yeah, it was this and... week on on Twitter. It was on Reddit. 
they made a response to a post uh, that someone was just like, oh, no legacy, that's kind of bum. But and then Wizards is like, well, yeah, like you exactly just said, well, the price of entry is so high and like people like are like not inclined to play that. The um, turnout was listen, the other thing. Listen, Wizards, I know you're listening because we've already covered this. You fucking moron. The legacy GP that you gave us this year, which was over a holiday fucking weekend, was the second highest attended Grand Prix main event of 2019. If you really think not making a legacy GP is a good move, check your numbers. Because if you want to rely on actual fucking statistic data, you're making a wrong fucking move. 100%. GP in Niagara Falls was, like I said, the second highest attended GP. The only one besides that, I think, was in fucking Seattle, the headquarters of Wizards of the Coast. And I want to say that was like a limited GP or something like that. Yeah. Or it was a GP that a bunch of shit was going on. Like, that's insane to me. Yeah, they just didn't seem to give a fuck. And, like, here's the thing. They they made this move to making uh, Magic Fest more of a, I guess, kind of a convention-style thing, like a week weekly weekend convention where people can show up and play side events and do all these things and see cosplayers and shit like that and just have a general good time at a magic focused event and not have it so focused on the competitive aspect. I see that they want to do that. Sure. That's fine. But you are also just neglecting a competitive format of magic that has historically in the past year, given you the, a very high result of, of people turning up, like traveling, turning up for these. Well, like traveling long distances too, not just like, people oh, Hey, this is in my backyard. Like a CGP. Yeah. And if there wasn't the, um, Star City Legacy event that was the weekend before uh, Syrac- that was the Syracuse GP that we went to. If that wasn't during that weekend, I would have traveled to to be able to play a, a higher stakes legacy event. It just happened to fall on the weekend after where you and I went to Syracuse and Syracuse is just far more manageable than Atlanta was. Yeah, for sure it is. But if I didn't have Syracuse, you better bet I would have fucking got myself on a plane or jumped in my car and drove down to fucking Georgia and played in that event. Yeah, but can't do that shit anymore. No, Legacy is dead. They're trying. God damn it. And like, the, they do have like a good amount of like spread out numbers. Like there's there's uh, six standard GPs, six Pioneer GPs, and then seven Modern and seven Limited for January till uh early August. Like, that's a good amount for each. But if you just, like, go ahead and cut out one of the Pioneer GPs and replace it with a Legacy one, like, it's none the wiser. Like, nobody will know the difference. Yeah, throw fucking one of them in. And, like I said before, they're trying to turn it into a, like, more of convention-style atmosphere. At, like, whatever standard or modern GP that they would transform, transform into a Legacy one, they would still have that respective format in a like high stakes side event that people could play and more people would travel to that GP because it's legacy. Yeah. The really only legacy tournament that I can think of besides like, uh, the Missouri MTG holding legacy events. Yeah. Shout out to Jeremy is eternal weekend. Yeah. Eternal weekend is the highest stakes legacy tournament that we pretty much have left. That is at least as like recognized as a, a star city games event or a grand prix or something like that. Yeah. Because, like, as much as I love Jeremy's events, like, they're pretty, like, regionally select. So far. Yeah. 
He's just going to be like, fuck it. I'm going to start my own tour. Yeah, he's just going to do the the fucking the Jeremy uh, fucking just tour. And it's just going to be mono legacy. He's going to travel around the world and just make legacy alive again. That's try. 2020. Make a legacy alive again. Yeah, right. That's our slogan. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I was salty when I saw this and like just us talking about it. Like I can see you're you're like also kind of perturbed. And I don't even really and you're play not legacy all that much. Legacy player. It's... Yeah. It's just like, really? You're not going to have any of it? Yeah, it just sucks to see that Wizards is moving away from the format that I love. But as uh, such is life. Yeah. I mean, but, uh, okay, now that we have the formats for some of these days, that, uh, are there any that jump out at you as something you want to uh, attend? Toronto. Yeah, Toronto Columbus. was something that I was definitely on board with. Uh, there's one other one in New York area. Um, there, There is the Toronto one. Um, the other ones that are kind of like local to us there's none uh, in pittsburgh there's none in pittsburgh which sucks like, yeah that's a bummer that feels so bad because we've had so many years that we've had a local gp um the other one that's relatively close to us that we're probably going to attend regardless of the format is uh columbus yeah i said columbus yeah I said toronto and columbus yeah toronto columbus uh, besides that like what are we gonna go to seattle for the team limited fucking brussels or something wizards i know you're listening Fly us out to Seattle for the Team Limited Grand Prix. We will play with whoever other hashtag sponsored content creator that you want to, you want us to play with. <laughs> like, fucking put us on a team with the fucking the professor from Tolarian Community College. Put us on a team with fucking uh, Reed Duke. Put us on a team with anybody else. It's going to be me, Matt, and some other fucking schmuck. We're going to take the entire thing down. It's a bold claim. Oh, no, it's going to be not close either. Oh, it's just happening. We're going to be the first team that goes entirely undefeated, even at the point where we can draw into the fucking top eight. We're going to sit down against our opponents, and our opponents going to be like, try to extend the hand and be like, oh, we're, we're drawing into the top eight, and we're just going to look at them, wag our fucking fingers, and say, no, no, not today, cowboy. And we're going to we're playing for seed. put their dicks in the dirt. Yep, so Wizards, I know you're listening. It's not even, I don't even have to ask. I know you are. Give me two things, a legacy Grand Prix and fly us out to fucking Seattle. So we can, we'll get, well, you can give us a tour of the whole situation you guys have up there. I want to see all the cubicles that you have for your, your employees. I want to see that big fucking dragon you have in your lobby. I want to smack that bitch on the face and say, you're, you're mine now. I'm going to take this it out is my with house. Me when I leave. And then we're going to come and we're going to just absolutely assault the team limited Grand Prix. <laughs> Fucking nerd stomp some people. Yeah, we're 2020 is the year that Vettishaka starts their dominance. We already clean. know we're number one. We just need to show everybody else now. Uh, it's in the just got to believe. Yeah, that's pretty much all there is to it. Just got to put nose to grindstone. That's the move. Sounds good. All right. So um, I guess for the question of the week this week, because I feel like there, we probably should mention it on the podcast before we uh, throw it out on Twitter. Give people at least time to percolate as they're listening so they can have a well-informed answer when they give it to us. I feel like the question this week should have something to do with the Grand Prix schedule. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, I wonder if there's people out there who are as passionate, at least our listeners, who are as passionate about having giving us a legacy GP as much as we are. So how about our question this year that we're issuing to you for the rest of the year? Should Wizards give us a legacy GP? Just one. I don't care where it is. It could be Washington, D.C. that's on October 8th. They could change 
I don't know, Charlotte, North Carolina from standard to legacy. I'd be cool with that. And so they can either change a GP or in the last quarter, give us a legacy GP. Regardless, should Wizards give us a legacy GP in 2020 or should they let it die? If it dies, it dies. If he dies, he dies. And if you have any further thoughts on the topic, why don't you drop us a, a comment on that post on, on the Twitter? And then next week, when we, uh, when we sit down to do this, this whole song and dance, we will discuss your, your comments, your thoughts, your concerns right here live on the Fetch and Shock podcast. Ooh, I can dig it. How's that sound? So the question has been issued. We will revisit this in approximately seven days. <laughs> yes, figure it out. Yeah, fucking figure it out. All right, Matt. Well, you know what? You know what else is left to figure out? Who's going? Accumulated knowledge. It's you, bud. It's your turn. It is my turn. You are in the hot seat this week for accumulated knowledge. Oof. Are you ready? I guess so. Good. But before we're ready, let me go ahead and explain the game. <laughs> so, accumulated knowledge, for those of you who do not know, is a game we like to play every week where we go onto the Scryfall website and we hit the random card button. And whatever pops up, we have to ask the name of the card. The other person has to give the converted or the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point. And if they do not, then they are a stupid idiot and they suck. Matt, that's you have a to bit, four out that's of a one. Bit harsh. I mean, it's just true though. We're 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 a harsh kind of podcast. This is Fair. this is doggy dog world here at Fashion Shock. Fair. Well, Matt, are you ready? You have to get four. Out, four out of five. I am ready, and I get two hints. And you get two hints. I don't think you're going to need to use one for this guy. Uh, I think you're going to pretty much get this. It is mind control. Mind control. That is correct. Mind Two blue. No, that's control magic. This one's... Uh, Ooh. I almost went with control magic, which is Let two blue blue. Let me give you a hint, Matt. The artist is Ryan Stanko. That ain't going to help me. <laughs> it would help me, honestly. Are you trying I to tell me that... Probably... Probably something similar. That it's painted by the greatest artist in magic history doesn't give you a hint? No, it doesn't. That is fucking blasphemy. I'm guessing it's the same thing, but probably not actual control magic. Would you like a hint? Sure. I'm going to go three blue blue, because control magic is two blue blue, and I don't think it's just a straight reprint of it. Oh, so you're saying it's the same card but different? Yeah. Is that your final answer of three blue blue? I think so, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Sure. Well, that is right. Yeah. 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 That's exactly what it is. This is in a corset. It is in a fucking metric ton of corsets. Well, that's probably why it sounds. It is in 12, 11, and 10 of the corsets. And it's in, it's on Magic Online with a different art. Um, it's like a DCI promo card. It's all these different things. But the gist of it is, uh, mind control is three blue blue for an aura. It has enchant creature you control enchanted. Yeah, that's that's what I thought it did. Because it yeah, is. Yeah, you nailed that. Yeah, I thought so. Oh, I don't know if I can give this to you. Mm-mm. No, next guy Tyler is gonna say I'm not gonna give this. Now I'm curious. Yeah, no, I'm gonna veto this one. We're gonna move to the next one, but I will tell you what it is. It is Brazella Voice of Nightmare. Uh, that doesn't actually have a converted mana cost. You would be correct with that because it is actually a combination of Gisela, the Broken Blade, and Bruna, the Fading Light. It's those uh, the, flip, flip yeah, cards. Yeah, the two cards or whatever. Yeah, it's like, a, I don't remember what the mechanic's called. It's Meld. Meld, Meld. Meld. yeah, that's what I thought it was. 
Yeah, so you meld the two angels together and you get a gross-looking double angel Eldrazi. Technically, I think it would be nine, though. It's a four-drop and a five-drop, isn't it? It's a six-drop and a four-ten. So I would have got it wrong, I guess. You fucked up. All right, give me mine. Well, I mean, listen, nice guy Tyler, I don't want to do that to you. It's 2020. I'm I'm turning over a new leaf. But this next one is uh, another fucking just easy little uh, treat for you. It is Shrieking Affliction. This is the the enchantment rack, right? I think so. I think it's black. Is it? One black, like black. One black mana. Yes. One and a black mana. No, not one and a black. (laughs) It's yeah, you're right. It's one black. One black. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is the uh, the enchantment rack. So for one black, you get an enchantment that says at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, if that player has one or fewer cards in their hand, they lose three life. Yeah, it's the rack. Only an enchantment. Yes. With some different wording, but yes. So you are uh, two and zero oh at this point. You ready for the next one? I suppose so. The next one is rank officer. Oh, uh, this is the the zombie thing. Oh yeah. Uh, this is from Horizon. Oh, that's that's very presumptuous of you. No, it is. I, oh, Would you like a hint? I do. Give me what it does. Ooh. So when rank officer enters the battlefield, you may discard a card. If you do, make a two-two black zombie creature. Two Info. exile creature loses loses life. Give me it. Just to make yeah. sure I have the right one. For one and a black, you can tap it and exile a creature card from your graveyard. Each opponent loses two life. Yeah, this is uh, three and a black. You would be correct. And it is a 3-1 creature zombie soldier. Yeah, I remember. I only know this because the pre-release, some kid played this and I was like, sure. Fucking play a card that you discard a card. Yeah, but you get a 2-2, dude. Not worth it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you got that one. Are you ready for a, your fourth card? Yes. It is another fucking waffle. It is pillage. Oh, pillage, I believe, is one red red. Would you do you know what the card does? Destroy artifact or land. I think there's some other part of that. Yeah, Matt, it can't be regenerated, you fucking idiot. Yeah, that is a waffle. <laughs> yeah, you nailed it, though. It is one red red. From Alliance. Jeez, there's sure. got to be at least one difficult one. Oh, I honestly think you're going to get this one, too. Jeez. It is your last card is Bloodshot Trainee. Bloodshot Training? Trainee. T-R-A-I-N-E-E. I think there's a good chance you get I have no idea. Ooh, there is hope. Just think of how strong I'll be if my arms don't tear off. That's is the that the flavor text? That's the flavor text, yeah. Good old Matthew give, Stewart art. Give me the uh, what it does. So Bloodshot Trainee has tap. Bloodshot Trainee deals four damage to target creature. Activate this ability only if Bloodshot Trainee's power is four or greater. So I'm assuming its power is not four greater to start. That. This card is shitty. Is a good question. I honestly don't know. (laughs) I thought you would get this one just because of the formats it's in. I would never, ever play this card. (laughs) That's the only reason I probably don't know it. Well, I'm going to have to ask. What is its mana cost? Two and a red. Is that your final answer? Yes. It is three and a red. I was waffling with that just because of the four. Yeah, no, it is a two three with that ability for, for oh, three and terrible. a red. It was printed so, in Modern Masters 2015, Scars of Mirrodin, and Future Sight. I've played all of these draft formats. and That's I don't what I'm saying. That's why I thought you ever, would get it. I don't think I've ever seen this card. That is actually genuinely surprising 
Because I, because like you said, you have played all of the like a good amount. The majority of them, well, actually, all of this. Wow, that was a bad one. That's eh, such a bad card. Four drop that is a two three that you're never gonna fucking be able to turn on. Oh, and the if so, why not, not particularly just, good. Why not just attack them for four if it's four or greater? Well, uh, yeah, you can, every card can't be Heliod or or Thali or Wasteland or Shadenport. Or Mother or Stoneforge Mystic. <laughs> That's fair. So you gotta have some stinkers in there. But uh, regardless, you are the winner this year or this week. Not this year. You're Not still this a loser year. this year. But for this week specifically, you are a winner. So much for you turning over a new leaf. Oh, sorry. You're uh, just kidding. You're a winner. You're a champion. Thanks, bud. No problem. But as as the as a winner and a champion, you get to get our uh, our shout out this week. All right. So. Our shout-out is Chris Tingle Plains Vaca. Uh, she is on Twitter. Uh, she is a cosplayer, and she has some pretty funny tweets. Oh, my God, her time. fucking tweets are legend. It's Chrissy Sprankles. She's back in the game, finally. She was out of the game for a minute because she got, like, bullied out by, like, some, I guess some guy. So she recently just tweeted one that was like, I've been having such bad swamp ass recently, and it was her butt crack and then, like, a swamp sticking out. Yeah, it uh, for short and I was laughing. Yeah, that's that's so like hard. the best tweet ever. Yeah, I was laughing very hard because that is hilarious. Yeah, and she's also like probably the premier cosplayer in Magic. Yeah, you've probably seen her if you've ever been at a GP. Oh goodness, yeah, like she was at. Uh, I remember the first time I met her was at GP Detroit like a hundred years ago, and that was the GP that they started spoiling Shadows over Innistrad. And they built like a big church thing there, and the church was actually a escape room. This is when they did cool things at G. But no, they're just like, "Hey, welcome, give us your yeah, money." Yeah, that, that time is fucking long gone. But and so you could go into the escape room, and when you like when a team completed the escape room, it gave you like a piece of a card. And then when X amount of people or X amount of teams like completed that escape room, it built an entire card like on like a little like easel outside of the the church and that card was Avison from Shadows of Runestrad. And then when awesome. the last team that completed it, they put the card up like fully outside of the thing. And then they fucking opened up the church doors and out walks fucking Sprankle as Avison. And it was the single coolest fucking cosplay I've ever seen in my entire life. It yeah, was that sounds pretty dope. Absolutely fucking flawless. And like I like just like seeing her with her big fucking wings like all done up. It was Walking gnarly. It was so cool. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so shout out to Sprinkles. So go fo- follow her. Uh, like Matt said, her tweets are on a very on a very frequent occasion. Very fucking funny. Most of the time, I found them to be hilarious. Yeah, and when her tweets aren't funny, uh, the pictures of her cosplaying are fucking wild. They're like yeah, pretty sweet. actual versions of the cards brought to life, which is crazy. Yeah, she has a lot of talent for sure. God damn right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, not as much talent as the Fetch and Shock boys, but like she can she can she has something to strive towards. I mean, who does? Let's be honest. You're right. We are at top of Mount Talent and everybody else is just climbing and we just keep getting higher and higher. Yeah, <laughs> ain't no ain't no catching us. No, fuck no. We're so far ahead. We got like a 3000 yard head start and everybody's just like just crawling on their stomachs trying to catch us on feet. Just sprinting. sprinting. Yep. Sounds about right. Good luck, fellas. All right, my dude. You want to tell the people where they can find us? Yeah, if, if people are looking for us, I'm not going to give us our address or anything, but I will give us our the, the Twitter handle. 
If you want to follow us at on Twitter, you can see us at fetch underscore shock. If you want to follow me, I am at basic land bin. And if you want to follow Matt, he is at it's bop. Um, if you do want Tyler's address, DM me. I got you. Yeah, go to at it's bop and then he will just send you my address and you can come to my house and uh, I don't know. I'll give you a beer or something. <laughs> yes. I'll welcome you with open arms because that's the kind of guy I am. 2020. Good guy, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> if it was 2019, I would have met you with a with a knife or something. But now, no, a, a, a nice beverage. <laughs> Sounds good to me, dog. All right, dude. Well, that's another one in the books. That it is. I guess I will see you next week around this time. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, that's the same thing with all you suckers out there. So uh, we will see you next week. Nice! Peace.